this shows like mm -hmm. there is some sound going. Yeah. I heard today we're talking. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yes. But I'm just gonna go sign it out. Basically it'll just run until I get back. Okay. Well I, I won't You don't have to you don't I have to push any buttons is what I mean. Well, I won't uh, sit here during the service because I, I don't want to bother you. Oh, uh, that's fine. Yeah. I don't know. I said turn off. I think she's already Baptizing anybody.
to get started here, so uh, we'll open up the service with prayer. Please bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day you've given us. I thank you that we can come into your house tonight and worship you. Lord, I pray that you have your hand over our brother Kessler tonight, Lord, and give him the words to say. May you bless this service tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Start off with a song for our first song tonight. We're going to be singing page 147, Amazing Grace. Page 147. We'll be singing the first, second, and the last verse. First, second, and the last.
Sorry, bro. Oh, I'm wow. so sorry. <laughs> You're fine. No, sir, absolutely. I wanted to tell Brother I was calling him. Let's see what he says about that. So, all right, it's good to be here tonight. Right. Right. That's it. Yeah, he just kind of flipped it just a little bit. So, amen. Yeah. Um, Brother Kessler is a blessing. Of course, I don't know if you follow him on Facebook. He's uh, keeping track of a lot of things going on in uh, D.C., which is a blessing. Kind of keeps you up to speed and gives you some insight. You watch all the stuff that goes on. It's hard to get sometimes a Christian perspective on it. Um, so, But there's a lot of information that floats around. So he helps dissect some of that and keep it straight. So hopefully... Uh, that helps you, and if you haven't uh, connected with him on that, well, please do that because he's trying to, to keep track of it. He's very good at um, trying to dissect everything put it together, so I appreciate that in him. All right, it's a blessing to be here. Um, Pastor Brown called me a little after 5. Uh, I guess his mother was taken to the hospital. I have no clue about that or what's going on with it. He didn't really elaborate, said she's just taking her, uh, taking her there. He didn't seem to be upset, didn't seem just taking her in for I'm not sure what's going on, so... Uh, pray for him, pray for her, and um, maybe he'll probably let some of us know or whatever is taking place. I should have called him right before the service and asked about that. Uh, does anyone know what's going on with you? Okay. That's okay, okay. Has she been sick and stuff or don't know what's going on? Okay. There's a lot of flu bug and stuff going on these days, so uh, maybe something related to that. But anyway, pray for him. And uh, lift them up before the Lord. All right, it's good to be here. We're going to the book of Jeremiah. If you want to head over that way in chapter number 18. Uh, but I'll give you a quick update on what's going on with Seedline. Uh, this, of course, I can't believe we're in 2020 already. Isn't that crazy? And we're already on the 15th of 2020. So, uh, But I'll tell you, I'm loving the weather. Um, I'm praising the Lord for that. I was at Butler LP there in Greencastle a week or so ago, and I said, man, this is great. He said, it's not that great. <laughs> so, so there's some who don't think it's that great, but I do, and uh, I know they're probably feeling the pinch on that, but that's all right. They need a little adjusting every once in a while anyway, so praise the Lord. But um, we're thankful for the weather, and then God's just really... Uh, seem to open the door. We have our, um, I think our board meetings coming up this week. Uh, by the end of the month, I have a rep meeting with all the folks about Seedline. We've already kicked in for the Bible reading marathon in Washington, D.C. I want to encourage you uh, to come to that if you can. Make that a part of what you're going to do. And maybe Pastor Brown bring up a group for a day or so. Uh, we're going to start this time on Saturday at 2 in the afternoon. And we'll finish up Wednesday morning, probably around 10 o'clock or so. The reason we're doing that is on Thursday is, is the National Day of Prayer, and always before it had finished up on Thursday at noon. Well, that took away the opportunity to be involved in some of the other things with the National Day of Prayer, and uh, so we backed it up a little bit. Wanted to also get it on the weekend so that uh, folks might could come for the weekend and then uh, head back or whatever and not be um, time restraint. Because before it started at 6 p.m. on Sunday night, well, you know that there was no room on the weekend then to read much. Uh, but by starting at 2 on Saturday afternoon, then it starts at 2 o'clock, round the clock to Wednesday. And so it's a, you have some opportunity in there. So think about that. Put the pressure on him. See if he wants to do something for God. I think that would be great if he did and uh, come up and be a part of that. But it's pretty awesome. We read and then you have time to go see other things. Uh, Wednesday nights, if you're up during that time, Brother Dan Cummings does a church service in the Capitol building. On Wednesday evening, we'll be going in for that. Uh, not a big restriction. You just have to go through security, of course, uh, to get in the Capitol building if there's nothing going on at the time. Sometimes they close all that stuff down. Um, but hopefully we'll be able to get in for that. And they have, uh, I think the last time I was in, it was in the Ways and Means room uh, in that evening. So I invite all the uh, congressmen, senators, the staffers, anybody in D.C. is invited into that service on Wednesday evening, which is pretty awesome. So think about that, pray about that. be an awesome thing to do. And um, tell your pastor, we just need to take the church trip. That'd be awesome. But we, uh, and there are other things going on, uh, South Korea. We're getting ready to send out a newsletter, probably come February. Um, some of you helped on that. I know Brother uh, Fields helped and some of you others have prayed about it and so forth. We got the container in. Brother Ernie Imsand is the missionary in South Korea. 
he uh, was able to get a building built. I don't know if you, you know all that. I should back up a little bit. He, we were sending the containers over. It cost about $2,000 more to send a container that he keeps. If you just do the shipping, then it's less, and so $2,000 less. And so I called him, and uh, I found out that the last container we sent, he had to sell because his neighbors didn't like that big metal box sitting out in his uh, yard or by the road. And I said, well, what if we uh, build a building? Can you build some type of building? How much would it take to build? I think it was a 30 by 20 by 10 feet high, just a 10 building doors and so forth protect from the weather weather so he said he thought he could do it for around uh, I think forty eight hundred dollars I said what if we can gather up about fifty two hundred and send that over could you build that building oh I can do that I said can you build it in about uh, seven weeks and he said I think I can I said because I just shipped a container to you uh, it left uh, yesterday and we didn't buy it <laughs> so it's coming to you and you have to unload it when it gets there and so that helped him in his motivation so uh, <laughs> I had a missionary breathing out of a bag, so that's always interesting. But he, um, he got it done. Uh, I don't think he had the front doors on it when they arrived, but he was able to unload. There's like 20, 25, uh, 26 skids of material. There were whole Bibles. There were uh, military Bibles, um, tracts, uh, John and Romans, and different things on there for uh, ministry, what he's doing. And also Brother Kimball's story, I think you probably know him. He's from the area. He uh, is working, of course, in, uh, he's primarily working in North Korea, but he's also working in China and, of course, in South Korea as well. Uh, had some materials on there for him. But then um, Pastor Lee, I don't know if you, John Lee, he was here, uh, and I don't think you may, I don't know if you knew, knew him or met him, but anyway, he's a, a South Korean pastor. Uh, he, um, when uh, MacArthur went into uh, South Korea and all that, that's how he survived, was that the army helped him, fed him, and so forth, because he was an orphan. Otherwise, he might not have made it, but he really is very, very patriotic toward America. Anyway, he's a pastor now and been for quite some time. He did come to America, pastored here for a while, and then he's back in uh, South Korea. He works with um, all the South Koreans in prisons and so forth. He's just a huge blessing. And uh, he is now working with the Chinese that come out of China into South Korea. I think there's two or three churches he's working with. So on that container, we sent some Chinese materials over as well. And uh, so they're having church, and he speaks uh, fluent Chinese. And uh, I don't know if you call it fluent English. You can understand him, but uh, South Korean. And he is uh, doing a, quite a job over there. So the material went to him as well. So that's over there now. So we're going to send another one uh, coming up probably uh, late spring, early spring, uh, that's going on with that. So And the primary reason for putting that building up is because it costs like $5,200 is what we sent to put that up. Well, then we, we sent last year uh, two containers, and then another ministry sent another container. So then all of a sudden you've got just last year we sent $6,000 more so we could build a building. And so that really helps us on trying to raise money to send a container. So instead of ra raising 5000 now, I can raise three, and it's just a lot easier to do that. So it goes in and out. So uh, that's going pretty good. And then um, we're also working on uh, whole Bibles. The uh, South Korean people, there's one gentleman, he's called Dr. Young, um, forgotten his first name, but he has a Bible that's taken from the TR, which is equivalent to the King James, but he owns a copyright on it. He will not turn it loose. He wants everybody to buy his Bibles at 40-some dollars a Bible. Well, you, that's just, you can't really do that and do a mass distribution. Uh, so... Another church, which is another pastor uh, and his group of folks, uh, decided to go ahead and take that, and they're making some minor adjustments, just uh, some grammatical things, just a little bit of changes, I think, to pull that copyright, so then they'll have their Bible. Um, so it's going to be, it's coming from the TR as well, same as the King James, and so I'm not sure what the little differences are just some punctuation. You don't have to change much to pull a copyright, so they're doing the things they need to do. Anyway, that's finished. And so when that gets uh, ready, they're doing the, going back and doing the check on it now. When that's released, then uh, Bible Literary Missionary Foundation in Shelbyville, Tennessee, is going to print a whole container, which is about 30,000 uh, Bibles of the whole Bibles. And then we'll ship them over there uh, to go in this building as well. And uh, so it's pretty cool what's going on with that. Then Brother Ernie, 
uh, is running back and forth along the DMZ uh, with a truck, much like an Enterprise truck or U-Haul or something. He's cut the top out of it, didn't take the doors off of it. So at night, when the winds are blowing north, they drive up and down the road uh, along the DMZ zone, and they release uh, Bibles and Scripture on balloons. And uh, they're not just like your birthday balloons. These are a little stronger, and they have timers on them so that you can put like two, three uh, packages on there, and they will release um, as you set up the time. You set one to release in a half hour, one another half hour, another half hour, whatever. As it floats north, it will drop that scripture uh, as it goes north. And so uh, that's pretty cool that he's doing that. So he called me before he did that. He said, you need to pray for me. I need a truck. I said, okay, I'll pray. What do you need a truck for? He said, I'm going to cut the top out of it. I said, okay, cut the top out of it. So then he explained to me what he was doing. So that was uh, pretty awesome about that. So pray for them. Uh, another Then in Mexico, it's amazing. Uh, things are going on. Of course, that place is just wicked as it can be. Um, but we have an opportunity. You kind of get a little bit of insight what's going on. Uh, Brother Gary Swear, he was here during our conference, did our music directing and so forth. He um, has met the mayor of Nogales. If you know about Nogales, Mexico, Nogales, Arizona, just the border kind of splits right between them. The mayor of Nogales, of course, in Mexico, has requested a hundred thousand John Romans that say like uh, Nogales strong or something like that. What's happened is there are some mayors in Mexico that their cities have been saturated with the gospel, and um, the churches are doing such a great job in those areas that the crime rate in their cities have dropped, and they attribute it to the gospel being uh, given and preached, and so. The mayor of Nogales wants to do a, there's 300,000 people in Nogales. He wants to start with 100,000 uh, John Romans that are, has a specific cover on it um, to reach his folks in that area. And so we're excited about that. But that same group is also, he saw the uh, Blue Line Police Bible that we do. He wants to do um, police Bibles, whole Bibles for the police department in Mexico in the state of Sonora. So that's pretty good, uh, awesome. We're going to do 500 right up front, and then they want to do at least 5,000 to get all those in. And so I, I don't know. God, who knows? The Lord's doing some uh, pretty neat things there. So just pray about that because that's going on. Then the other things, uh, transportation's uh, going well. And I could spend all night telling you about all that stuff, but I appreciate your prayer and involvement with Seedline and praying for us and uh, working. Looks like it's going to be a busy year. We're kind of getting geared up for that. We just got in, uh, I think, 200 and. 30-some-odd thousand uh, John Romans English that just we just got in uh, to do, and so we'll be working on the covers to get all that done. Finishing up the Thai language, going to Thailand, and uh, this just yesterday or day before, we sent a check out to buy uh, 100 whole Bibles for the country of uh, Myanmar. I think that's how you say that. It used to be Burma. And so they can buy them over there cheaper than we can make them and send them over there, so we sent the funds uh, to do that. Brother Rodney Fitzsimmons is the contact with that Carpenter's project, I think, is the ministry he's involved in. So, so it's wide open for the Word of God. I'm excited about that. And uh, the world's going nuts as normal, but uh, God's doing a great work. And so continue to pray for your missionaries and all the things that are being done uh, because we're just giving great opportunities uh, that were, that's ahead of us. So, All right. And that's just the beginning. I could tell you some more about Seedline, but amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, if you don't mind, let's stand. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 18. Pastor Brown didn't say how long to go, but I um, won't keep you too awfully long. But I appreciate him and his, uh, his work and you folks here. Appreciate the building. The guys let us use that during our appreciation dinner. That was awesome. And then uh, Brother John's been printing out here in the building. And so that's going really well. We've got, I think, enough out there to do 32,000 more covers. He'll be doing that. He'll also be doing the others as well. When we do the one color, we've been doing it out here. So we appreciate that. That's a huge, huge blessing for us. So you're, you guys are doing stuff all over. Sometimes you just don't realize what's going on. But God's doing a great work through you as well. We're all, we're all on the team. That's what it is. It's a team effort to get it done. All right, Jeremiah chapter 18. Start with verse number 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. 
Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as the, this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful for this day, and Lord, what an opportunity to be here this evening. Lord, we're excited about the things you're doing and the things that are going on around us, and Lord, we know that uh, in spite of many times there are heartaches, there are things that can distract us, and Father, be discouraging. But Father, we know that you are at work, you make no mistakes, and Father, everything uh, is according to your will. Lord, and it does, nothing takes you by surprise. So we pray, Father, for your guidance. We ask, Father, now in the next few moments you touch your hearts, and we especially pray for Pastor Brown and his family, to meet the need there, Father, whatever it might be, be with these folks as well. Bless their faithfulness tonight, and we pray in the next few minutes you just encourage our hearts. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. There's several things you could do in this portion of Scripture. I, I love it because I think sometimes, um, for me personally, that I need to climb up on the potter's wheel and let God just reshape me. I get my attitude out of shape, and I get my... Uh, mind out of shape and I get my uh, drive out of shape. I mean, I just, I'm a mess sometimes. And so I want to just climb up on that potter's wheel and let God shape me up a little bit and get me back on track and make me useful again. And uh, so I, I, that has a special place in my heart because that's how I feel uh, every time I approach God and want to really spend some, now we pray sometimes, but sometimes, you know, you just want to get down and you just want to get in there and just spend some time with the Lord and so it's those times when I feel like I just need to climb up there and let him work on me uh, because I've been trying to do it and it doesn't work too well. So it's pretty awesome when God works in our hearts. But I want you to notice a couple things here. Uh, it's a project of the potter. Verse number three, then I went down. Of course, God has told him to go there. He's trying to teach Jeremiah a lesson about Israel. And we understand that. I know you understand that. But we want to make some uh, application to with that tonight. But verse three says, then I went down to the potter's house and behold, he wrought a work on the wheel. So the potter was doing a work. The potter had a project he's working on. Um, he had, he's, and I'm sure the potter, as he does that, and I've never done this, but I've been around watching them do it, they have to have in their minds a picture what they want that to look like. You can look around on the shelves, you see uh, some items that look, wow, that is, I don't know how they would do that. And I don't know how they would understand to put all that together and how it would work for them. Um, but they have to have a picture in their mind what they want it to be when they get through with it. And so I think God's the same way with us. I think God knows what he wants to do with us. I believe God looks at you and I and he says, okay, I need to shape a little bit here and I need a little shape a little bit over there because I want this vessel, this person to be this and accomplish this for me. And that's one of the things with ministry that I see uh, as we network across the nation and, and even around the world with some of the places we network with is that God has a place over here that's working God has a place over here, a group of people this, and this person's doing that, this ministry's doing that, this one's working here. So when I look at it, I'm seeing what Seedline's doing, but when God looks at it, God's seeing what everybody's doing. So God works on it. God does, okay, now I need to do this here, so that will help these folks, and it just makes the whole project. Of course, the goal is to get out the gospel and present Jesus Christ to the world, and so that's the goal, to fulfill the Great Commission. So God works on that. So as Jeremiah came to this potter and he's looking and he first walks in and he looks at it, he's doing a work on that wheel. The thing's turning and probably at that time he had to turn it with his feet and uh, get it spinning and so forth. So he's using both hands and he's trying to shape it, trying to put the right amount of water into it. Uh, you can go to all kinds of things with that. We, you and I are clay. We are made out of nothing but dirt. But if you put the, the water to it, you can shape it. If you put the water of the word to us, you can shape our hearts and our lives and so it's what it takes to move us in the right place. It's the word of God that makes a difference for you and I. You and I have to remember that. If we're not very careful, the, the devil will rob us of our spending time in the word of God, around the word of God, and that will cause us to be, become stiff. I mean, we could go into all kinds of illustrations with that pot, but you take the water away from it, what have you got? It's going to break down. It's going to fall apart. Uh, it's not going to be what it needs to be. So you and I need to remember that the word of God is what tempers our heart what tempers our minds, what tempers our souls, what tempers our frustrations, our fears, all those things. It's the word of God that does that. So we need it applied to us all the time, all the way around us, not just on Sundays and not just on Wednesdays and so forth. But by you folks being here tonight, I know that you understand some of that and believe that because you're here in expression of your faith uh, this evening. But the potter was in that place. So the, pro the potter had a project, had the right material, 
He knew what to put together. He knew what to put into it. And so what God's wanting him to see is that in order for this potter to make the right the project to come out, he had to have all the right material, all the right ingredients put in place. And so I think he's trying to show Jeremiah that, hey, I'm Israel is this or that. I'm putting all these things in place because I want them to become a specific thing for a specific project. And so that's what God wants from us as well, that we do that. So there's material that's gathered in. And, of course, variations could be. And, and again, we don't know what the potter had in mind, but we know that all that was there, all that was in place. God doesn't make mistakes. You're in Putnamville Baptist Church for a reason. You live in Putnam County, if that's where the county you live in, for a reason. I live in Hendricks County for a reason. God puts us in a specific place at a specific time, I believe, for a specific uh, service and a specific purpose. We have the right kind of friends around us. We have the right kind of ministries around us. We have the right kind of contacts around us. We all have the word of God that's our central part and that's hanging on to us. But God has a purpose. And so he gathers all those materials. All those are materials to help form you and help form me so that we can be the servant he wants us to be. So your friends have that influence on you. That's why it's good to have, you need to have the right kind of friends that lift you up and pull you up and cause you to be, uh, draw you closer to Christ. Listen, this thing's closing down. I think we're getting close. I know we've heard that all my, I think my mother-in-law said, I've heard that all my life. And she's 80 some years old. And I said, well, that's true, but it's still coming. Jesus is coming back. And so we need to be ready. I mean, there are all kinds of things in place and we can just see it now. We can just feel it coming. It may not be today, may not be tomorrow, but it's close. And the whole world system is gathering in for that. So God's working. And so all those people around us are to help us become Christ-like and that we present Jesus Christ through our, our heart and lives. And we need to do that. And sometimes you think, well, what difference does it make? Uh, the um, trucking company Sojourner that we use out of Mississippi uh, they contacted me about hauling scripture. They want to do it, and they've been doing a great job. I went down in December and visited with them, and they want to do more, which I'd love to hear that. And so they want to do more, haul more. So we've already working with some of the other ministries, and they're doing that. But on the side of one of their trucks, if you've seen my Facebook posts or even some of our newsletters, it's got in bright letters, Jesus saves. They were just in this past week. And so you think, well, who would put that on their truck? That's pretty gaudy. That's kind of, you know, that's kind of religious but God's using it I talked to the dispatcher this week she was all excited because she's setting up a time to come in uh, to unload the scripture and she said let me tell you what happened with the uh, truck they run some runs out to uh, Washington State and it was parked in a truck stop out there they were headed to Washington State they were stopped for the evening and a lady was in the parking lot getting ready to commit suicide and there in front of her was this big truck had parked that said, Jesus saves. She didn't talk to the driver. She didn't talk to the dispatcher. She had no idea who the owner was. None of that. But she saw that and realized that there's more to life than what her problems were. And so as a result from that, she got saved. Now she's in church witnessing to her family and so forth. The, the trucking company found out later uh, what had taken place because she made a contact to find out who they were. And so you never know. Just those two words, Jesus saves, change somebody's life. So your kindness, your um, whatever God's molding you and making you into makes a difference to those folks who are around you. So don't take it lightly when everything, whatever happens in your life, God's working us and, and using that. So it's pretty awesome. And verse number three there talks about the potter. And we could go into him and all the things that are taking place, but Jeremiah is making an observation but look at verse number four. The first, the first thing is a project of the potter. We see what he's doing. The second thing is the problem of the potter. In verse number four. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Now, boy, you could just, we could park there. But think about this. He's, in, he's got that thing in his hand. He's got that pot. He's working it. And he looks at it, it's got a big bad spot right in the side of it. Something is just not right. That's not going to turn out right. That's not going to turn out like he wanted it to turn out. That's not going to be his intention. It's going to be something that nobody would really want. It's going to be rejected. It's just going to probably fall apart. All kinds of things. So you know what he does? Now, I didn't say that, but I, I've seen him work. He probably puts his hand back in the water, gets him a little more clay, puts it on that 
pot and goes to work again. Because he sees the, the flaw, the marred spot in it. He sees that there's still work to be done. This, this vessel will not be able to do what I want it to do till I get it in the right kind of shape. So I believe that God sometimes in our lives, I know in mine especially, that he always has to work on me. He has to constantly be bumping me a little bit, trying to get me in the right place. And, and, those, and there'll be people come along in my life that kind of help scoot me back over. There'll be somebody on this side helps me scoot back over. Sometimes it's just God himself scoots me back on track and works on me. So the thing about a potter is it's never done until it's taken off the wheel. So I don't know. If we're, I think we're kind of on the wheel all the time. I think the nation of Israel was on the wheel all the time. They were constantly being shaped and they were constantly being worked with. And so God does with that, that with us in our life. But the problem on the potter was the clay was marred, so it needed some changes taking place in it. Now think about this. The potter was merciful. Now if it had been me, it might have been you, it might have been Brother Phil. I don't know if you guys ever tried some of that potter stuff or not, but... I would have a tendency, okay, that one's bad. Scoop it off, start with another ball of clay. But not the potter, see. He saw what it could, he saw the potential, what could be. God does the same thing with us. God sees our potential. He doesn't focus on our negative side and what, how bad we are. He sees what you could be, which same thing your mother does, what your grandmother does, which I'm glad mine did because my mother would have... <laughs> scooped me off there but she saw potential so she stayed with me she corrected me she guided me constantly constantly my mother is 85 years old guess what she's still guiding me she's still working on me by the time I get off the phone I feel like I need to go see the doctor after I talk to her are you feeling all right you don't sound all right I said, well I thought it sounded all right are you sleeping good well I think I'm sleeping all right how much sleep are you getting well I slept well you didn't get enough sleep you're drinking plenty of water? Well, I'm drinking a lot. Well, you're not drinking enough. Maybe you need to go see the doctor. So by the time I get off the phone, I'm like, man, I've got to see the doctor. <laughs> Constantly working on me. But God looks at us, and so he sees all those things, and so the, the marred part of our lives that he's working on. So sometimes it's not very pleasant, but God's always working, which means he always has his hands on us. He's always watching over us, looking out for us, guiding us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's always, always there. So Jeremiah was seeing that, and I think the illustration to him was that I'm still working on Israel. I'm still shaping them. In spite of their trouble, in spite of all the things that they've done wrong, I'm still working with them. I still have a plan. I still have a project to do. I still have some uh, things to do with their life. And so in that, the potter was merciful to that, whatever he was working on. Because he wanted to make sure, he wanted to fine tune it. So God is merciful to us. He wants to fine tune us. So his mercy sometimes doesn't feel like mercy, I suppose, but it is if we got what we deserved. But God's always working. He's merciful. In spite of our bad flaws, he wants to fix us. He wants to bring us back. So the same as the potter was doing here is what he's trying to tell Jeremiah. That's what I'm doing with Israel. I want to get him to this point. And so he's wanting perfection. And so God wants perfection out of us. Of course, we're not going to have it. But we do have it through Jesus Christ. When his blood's applied to us, we have that. That's what God sees. He doesn't see our merit. He doesn't see our uh, place. Now, we have to continue work on that, of course. But what he sees is the blood of Jesus Christ that's applied to us. And that helps shape us and mold us. That gives us our value. Uh, because it took the shed blood of Christ to get us there. So he's merciful to us. He tries it again. He makes us again. And so look at verse number four again. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again. Another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. He made that vessel just like he wanted it. He didn't make it like the vessel wanted to be. He didn't even ask Jeremiah. The potter was in control. Listen, God's in control. God wants to make us. God wants to use us. I'm telling you, this day and time, we, we are so blessed. We are so, so many opportunities. People are looking and hurting and trying to figure out which way to go. And they look at you and you're all smiles and happy and praising uh, Jesus and all that. They think something's wrong with you. But they really long to have what you have because you have that inner peace. It only can come through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we're to reveal that. Now let's look at the third thing. The purpose of the potter. 
was to do that, to get those in place, define it. But look at verse number five. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, now this, of course, to Jeremiah, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord, behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. So the purpose of the potter is to fix it, to fix our frailties, to fix the things that are marred about us, to restore us to a valuable position with a marred pot and maybe it had a hole in the side or I don't know, it would not hold water. It wouldn't do what it needed to do. It was really of no use. It needed to be pitched and thrown away. But when you put the potter's hands on it, it became a value. And so we become value when God touches our lives and so forth. So it gives a, I suppose you could put it this way, <coughs> excuse me, a defining function that we have. That we have a purpose. When that potter sat down and he picks up that clump of clay and what I've seen to have them already kind of balled up and he puts it on that wheel, he already has a plan. He already has a purpose as he begins to shape and mold that. He knows what he wants it to look like. And that's what God's doing with us. He's working on us. He's bringing us. Maybe we're there. Maybe we're not. Maybe we need more uh, work from the potter's hand to get us to work. Maybe we still have some marred things in our life. Maybe we're hanging on to some sin that's on the side of our pot. We're looking, there's some bad spots on us. There's some attitudes, there's this or that, whatever it might be. And so God wants to move that out and shape that out. So as he was looking at that to do that, he was doing those things. So he wants to define our function because what is our function? It's to glorify God. We're to talk about Jesus. What did Jesus come for? For the lost. What are we to be doing? Same thing, giving them the gospel. Tell them about Jesus Christ. And so, so that we can do God's work because God wants to give us another chance. Now, you can apply this as well, give you one more chance. It didn't seem to fit this evening. But if we're marred, you can go all kinds of ways with that. When we fall, when we fail, when we sin and so forth, we become marred, but we can be reshaped by the potter. God can shape us up. God can put us in a position. You remember in Hebrews it talks about the temple veil being ripped. And I'm working on this thought as well this week. It just kind of hit me that we need to be, uh, I guess, and I don't know if it's the right way to put it, but submissive boldness. We need to be submitted to God, but because of Jesus Christ, we can approach the throne of God boldly, make our petitions known, make our requests known and so forth. We don't deserve it. We absolutely do not. We are unworthy. We are absolutely unworthy. But because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we can enter into that holy place and we can make our petitions known. We can have our relationship directly with God through his son. And by that, we can become what God wants us to be. So we need to let him work on us, get those marred spots out so we can become the vessel that he wants us to be. Isn't that an awesome thought? Do you think about that? that what, what can we do the... With your life, what could you do that's the most important thing you could do is just let God do something with you. Let God mold your life. I don't know if you've been to the graveyard lately. We all go at times, different things, and you'll see born in 1917, died in 1970, whatever. There's a little hyphen mark in between there. There's a whole lot of time, and there's a whole lot of memories. There's a lifetime. There's... there's uh, uh, heartaches, there's blessings, there's work, there's sweat, there's uh, happiness, there's depression. I mean, it's all in that little hyphen all the way through there. But what we want to do is during that little hyphen in our lives, I don't know when my last day will be. I don't know when yours will be, but we've already got the starting point. We're in the hyphen part now. So as we do that, we need to let God mold and make us and use us so that we can be effective for the cause of Christ so that when we finish that last number, We've done all we could do for the glory of God. That we've accomplished all we can for the cause of Christ. Because, listen, that, that's what matters. I was trying to think the other day, my dad and my grandmother, I miss them, especially this time of year, as you do as well, loved ones and so forth. But I can't well, not wait to see them. They're there. It's not going to be. I remember us talking. I remember talking to my grandmother. I, I have her Bible. I remember her taking me to church. I remember seeing her in Sunday school, and she wore that hat and all the gloves and all the different things. They don't hardly do that anymore, but she always had that. And so I remember all that, but we talk about it, and she uh, mentioned heaven and, and people that she knew had already gone on. And, and I remember her talking about it. my dad the same way. And, 
And so I, as you think about that, we had that discussion, but now they're there. They are there. It's not going to be. They're there. They're experiencing what we talked about. And so you and I won't be long. Jesus tarries. If he, does, if he comes back, we're all going at the same time. But if he tarries, we're going to be there, and we're going to be talking about it. We're going to experience heaven. Listen, don't lose sight of that. Don't let something, discouragement stuff, mar you up. Stay in tune. Let God keep working you. And again, just as a reminder, when you think about that potter, what does he take, what does he use to, to shape that clay? Water. And what is the word of God? It's the water of the word of God that shapes our hearts and our minds and keeps us plugged in the right place. And so it's pretty awesome to think about that. Think about Jesus coming. Listen, look up in the sky. I'm the only way home tonight. We're worried about spring. It may not even get here. We may be in heaven by then. Who knows? We've got to do all we can do while we can do it. And we need to make sure that Jesus reflects in our lives and that we are a reflection of him and what goes on with us. Because Christ loved us. Christ died for us. He died for the world. That's the message they need to hear. It's not in politics. It's not in finances. It's not all those things. It's not in the economy. Our country is doing great on the economy. But what we need is a spiritual revival. That's what we need. We've got to be careful. Well, we'll think, man, everything's good. We're all right. No, we're not. We're in a spiritual deficit big time. So we need spiritual revival in our country. We need to pray about that. We need to help bring that in. But don't get comfortable. We need to continually uh, promote Jesus Christ. So keep that in your heart and your mind tonight. If you don't mind, we'll stand now with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Why don't you take just a moment as we close and close your eyes and think about this. Are you on the potter's wheel? She's going to come and play a, a verse or two. We won't have a song, but I want you to think about she plays. Are you where God wants you to be? Sometimes we need to just climb up on that potter's wheel, and sometimes we just need to let God work in our hearts and be willing to get rid of those marred places in our life. And as she plays, think about that. Are you where you need to be? Are you where God wants you to be? Are you yielding to the Lord? Are you yielding to God as a potter and letting him shape your life? way i appreciate the opportunity to be here tonight i probably got you out a little early i don't know what time he goes to he didn't give me a time so uh but anyway you can call him and bug him tonight tell him he's been replaced because i went shorter than he did so did you know he's got a, a pad up here that he stands on it's really comfortable so he can just stand here for a long time if i were you i'd move this pad while he's out and then he'll get so <laughs> amen all right, let's pray and be dismissed. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for this day, and what a blessing it is, Father, to open your word tonight. Lord, I pray that each of us will examine our hearts and our lives, and Father, realize that we are uh, nothing but clay, and we are on the potter's wheel. We're on your wheel, Father, for you to shape and mold our lives so, Father, we can be the useful vessel that you'd have us to be. Help us, Father, do everything that bring honor and glory to you. Help us to be a testimony uh, to our fellow believers, but, Father, most of all, help us to be a witness about the power of of the resurrection, the gospel of Jesus Christ, Lord, that others can turn to you, ask forgiveness of their sins, and ask him into their hearts. We pray, Father, now you'll use us. And, Father, we ask that you bless Pastor Brown and his family. Lord, meet every need to have, meet every need of the church. Thank you, Father, for their faithfulness. And, Lord, even tonight, the gospel is around the world working, Father. And even when we go home, it'll still be working, Father, because on the other side of the world, they're 13 hours or so ahead of us. Father, they'll be sharing the gospel again. So we pray that you'll bless them. Bless the effort in every part of the church. Now watch over so we go our separate ways. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.